Life on Purpose. Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast here at Waynefleet BIC Church. You have found the youth version of our podcast and we're glad you're here, whether you're a youth or a volunteer or a parent, we are happy to spend the next um, little little bit of time together. My name is Julie Adams, I'm your host, and I'm joined by Pastor Wes Hillis. Welcome, Pastor Wes. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. Good. Can't complain, weather's nice. Yeah, I know. Spring, summer, feels good. Yes. Feels good. Yeah. So, you have uh, recently wrapped up your mental health series with the kids, which I'm sure um, is ongoing, but I think just shifting gears a little bit to a different topic. So tell us about what you guys discussed at Youth this week. Yeah, so we were finishing off um, our series on mental health, going through kind of anxiety and depression and working through those things. So a lot of what we talked about was not only what is it like dealing with that, but Mm -hmm. how do we deal with that? And how do we lock, walk alongside someone who is dealing with that? Yeah, that's Which important I, too. Which we found was really important, especially with just a lot of our youth saying, well, I don't deal with this right now, but I know someone who is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just giving them practical steps and resources to be able to help them help others. Um, it's not something that I find is focused on too much, so I was, it was good to be able to walk through that with our youth. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, just having deeper questions about our youth's own struggles with mental health mm-hmm. and... No, we've we've set up some really good conversations and relationships now where people have been open about their mental health and we've just seen a great growth not only in our mental state of youth group but our spiritual state as well awesome oh that's great to hear i'm glad yeah Yeah. so tell us about this past week oh this past week um so this past week we just kind of took uh i don't know this past week it felt like the atmosphere was a little different at youth yeah it was a little more not as deep not as heavy sure which you know what the last few weeks have been very deep and very heavy coming over youth retreat yep jumping into a mental health series mm-hmm. things have been deep things have been heavy and just this past week we just didn't have that as much and you know what that's yeah. okay sometimes you you need that mm-hmm. you need some of those nights where you can joke around more and it's not as heavy and just i don't know it just felt different and i don't think it was a bad thing i think it was a good thing for the youth to just kind of have that mood change for that so yeah Good. Awesome. So what is your purpose in life? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my. That feels that like is, a big question, that is eh? such a big question. But for anyone listening who just got like shocked and put into a state of like, oh, no, I don't know. Um, we're actually going through a series uh, yeah. called Life on Purpose. And one of the biggest questions I hear as a youth pastor um, or that I've heard other youth pastors also say is what is my purpose in life? Mm-hmm. And you mean like on a broader scale than like what kind of job should I have? Oh, yeah. How big of a family, you know, like yeah. bigger than that. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things like we're going to be going through in the series is what was I created for? Why am I here? And a lot of these questions are common, especially among our youth. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, all of us have asked this question. For sure. All people through time have asked these questions. You can go back to poetry or songs way back then. People have been asking this subtly the whole time. And sometimes not subtly. Sometimes it's really out loud asking. Yeah. Um, and it's not just adults. Mm-hmm. It's our youth as well. Especially yeah. during our teenage years, we have this conflicting question. And part of that is set up because in high school, as soon as you get into high school, people always say, oh, what do you want to do with your life? Yeah. 
It's one of the first questions you get asked. Yes. You're a great nod. You have no idea what you want to do. I know. But that starts the culture of what am I, what, why, who am I? Like, why am I here and what's Mm -hmm. going on? But hopefully today in this podcast, we can kind of encourage truth. Um, Although it's difficult, it is very possible and very worth it that we maintain a strong and healthy faith mm-hmm. through this, through those questions. Because no matter what, even if you have faith, you still have these questions. Yes. And that's one of the biggest things to say. Yeah. Even if you have faith, it's not like all of a sudden all your problems disappear. No. No. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. that be nice, though? <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? We're just going to go through some of these questions that people have. And yeah, for some background context, um, we're going to be looking at 2 Timothy verses 1 to 14. Mm-hmm. And Second Timothy three verses fourteen to seventeen, um, but yeah, so Second Timothy, um, I guess some people might know this, some people might not know this, um, wasn't actually written by a guy named Timothy. It was written to a guy named Timothy. Okay, it was and by who Paul. wrote it? Oh, by Paul. Yeah, okay. it was written by Paul. Um, and this, we just, need, I felt like this needs need the context for people. Paul, when he was writing this, was writing this from prison. Mm-hmm. He, his trial was not going well, um, and he was writing to his dear friend and coworker Timothy, who has been serving with. And Paul, what he really was wanting was to be able to see Timothy because he felt abandoned by everyone else. Mm, yep. But the thing is, Timothy, Timothy was still on assignment in Ephesus, and Paul gave him encouragement and instruction on how to carry on with their mission. Mm-hmm. There were leaders in Ephesus who had a negative view of Paul because of how many times he had been in prison. Yeah. So, and there's two major sections to this letter. First, a challenge for Timothy to accept his calling. And the second is an instructions on how to deal with corrupt teachers in Ephesus. Mm. So it seems that the purpose of the letter was twofold. To remind Timothy of the calling that God has put on his life. And this is something really important that we, that a lot of people don't always talk about today. We say... Phrases like, oh, I feel God calling me into this area of Yeah, I feel needing, led. I feel I led I feel led there. to yeah. go talk to this person. This is different. There's a sense of being led and there's a sense of being called. For, I would say, for many pastors would know the sense, would mm-hmm. know this feeling of being called into ministry. If you're in ministry, you know that feeling, whether it's even working at a church, you feel this. Mm-hmm. That there's something different that it seems that every portion of your life points you into that direction. Yep. I can't fully explain it because it's just, it's one of those things that our human minds just can't always wrap around. It's yeah. God's calling for us in life. <clears throat> Does God call all of us to do something? I believe so. Like, are we all called toward a certain... I would say yes. I think we're all called to show love and grace and to walk together as a community towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is something I believe every person has a call in their heart for. Even if we're like, no, I completely disagree. I hate all of that. The thing is, when we choose to disagree with that, when we choose to go against that, mm-hmm. we feel an emptiness. Yeah. And that emptiness is a longing to take hold of what God is calling us to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why when we are able to accept God's presence in our life, that's the thing. One of the biggest things about presence is God's presence never changes in our lives. Mm-hmm. Even when we're in really dark and terrible times, he's still with us just as he is in the times that he is. Everything's going great and lovely and awesome. And his presence never changes with us. Mm-hmm. So what's important to remember is that even when we're fighting our call or unsure about our call, God is still with us in that. Yeah. Still working within our hearts for that. 
So I would say that when we're able to accept God's presence in our life, it can make almost that call easier to start mapping out where he is in our life and to see where he has been at work. And yeah, I just think that everyone has a different call. Yeah. Everyone is individual. God knows us all individually. He says the hairs on our very heads are counted. Yep. Except for some people, you know, some people are bald and, you know, <laughs> and they deal with that. Maybe it's the facial hair. But, um, yeah, it's just God knows each individual on this earth. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, that is and crazy. And that he know, has a call for all of us. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that we all have an equal call to show love and grace and peace to others and to walk in a light towards Jesus. Mm-hmm not as individuals, but as a community. Yeah. That is the call I believe is on everyone's hearts. But jumping back into what Second Timothy was saying mm-hmm. is um, we see that it is difficult for Christians to sometimes follow Jesus because it involves risks. It involves tension. Yep. Following Jesus isn't always easy. Mm-mm. I feel like as Christians, we've put a staple on that, that, you know, being a Christian is easy and following is easy. It's not. No. I think, and that's kind of a worldly perception too, is that, oh, if you believe in God, he'll keep you from all harm and will, you know, make everything um, sunshine and rainbows. And, you know, you can just go about your life riding your unicorn and everything will be perfect. No trouble. Exactly. But that's not true. What the truth is, is that we go through difficult and hard times. Yeah. And it's not like when you become a Christian, all of a sudden God is like, okay, I'm going to throw a bunch of tests on you and abandon you and leave you to go through that. No. God is walking within you. God is walking beside you in those times. And he is saying, these times are tough, yeah. but I'm here for you. And I want you to hold on to that faith to keep with him. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to go through this whole idea of life on purpose, even though this is a one-off series of, because school year's coming to an end. Yeah. So this is a one-off series. So we're just going through it. Um, but there's a lot of good stuff in this letter. And even though it was written specifically to Timothy, There's so much that we can learn as Mm -hmm. it relates to us living out our own faith. Um, So as we jump into 2 Timothy 1, verses 1 to 14, um, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, for the sake of the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly loved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience as my ancestors did. When I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and now I am convinced is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying of my... Of my <laughs> Today is so great. Today is so great. <clears throat> I'm convinced is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. So our first point today, and that is hold fast to your faith. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, hold fast? So hold fast to your faith. The scripture verse says, as a tree planted in water. Mm-hmm. Even though the tides, tides, even though the river starts to flow fast and gets rapid and can break many things, yeah, the roots still rather are be 
be rooted. Yeah. To hold to our faith that I like the symbol of a tree in that sense. Yeah. To be rooted in that, to show that our roots go deep. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not something that's just at the surface level, but rather something that goes deep into the ground, that goes deep into the faith that we have in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like to use that as a, an example for that. It's a good word picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wanted to ask this. So this is something we'll do at youth as well. Um, one of the questions we're going to ask is, you know, raise your hand if you've been going to the church for the last year. Mm-hmm. If you haven't missed a Sunday or whatever, to think about it. Let's say you've been going to church for five years. Yep. Let's say you've been going to church for 10 years, sure. 15 years. And we'll go through this and we'll raise our hands. Some of you will be like, I'm not even 15 years old. That's fine. Um, the thing is, if you've gone to church each week for one year, you've heard 52 sermons. Yeah. Five, 260. 10, 520. And 15, 780. Wow. That is crazy. That is crazy. To think that if you've grown up in the church by the age of 10, You've heard 520 messages. 520 sermons. Wow. Yeah. So that means depending on how long you've been going to church, you've been learning about Jesus hundreds and if not thousands of times on Sunday mornings. Wow. And it's not even including teaching or training you receive at home or in random discussions with friends or family members. Yeah, personal devotions, that sort of thing. Exactly. This isn't even including youth group. Wow. And for many of us, our lives have been filled with teaching about God, Christian living, and the Bible. But here's the thing that might make uh, you a little uncomfortable. Psychological research has found the most important factor for determining whether a memory sticks is how emotionally engaging it is for a person. Hmm. To be honest, I don't think for many Sundays people get super emotionally engaged. Most Sunday messages just aren't like that as much. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not I'm trying to botch anyone speaking on Sunday. But what I'm saying is for a lot of people... We don't all, not everyone has emotional connection to what's being spoken. So what are you saying? Are you saying that we're not attentive or are you saying that it's what's being presented? Where, where are you going with that? So kind of what you were saying and what most people might hear in this is that we need to adjust our teaching um, to make people feel stronger emotions or something. That's mm-hmm. not the case. Um, I think we can get something out of any message and this is something that's really important. It doesn't... Um, what happens is most of the time it's a heart issue. Mm, for example, yeah. if you come to church or youth group and you're not engaged, you feel bored, you're counting down the minutes until the message is over so you can go home to go to Swiss Chalet or to something to go home for lunch. Everybody loves lunch after church. Yeah. But if you're just bored at youth group or church and you're just like, I just want to be done, I just want to go home, I want to watch Netflix. If that's you, statistically, you won't remember the message by the next day. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. And if that's the attitude you've come, we're almost wasting that church experience. So, Wes, if you're going to church and you're just like, meh, and not really paying attention, are you better off to stay home? No. So I would say you're better off not to stay home. You're better off to come to church. There's multiple reasons for that, and I'll kind of go through those. And one of the reasons I think is most important is at any point during a message, a word, a phrase, maybe the whole message, for some reason could touch your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might not be ready for it, but God could be working inside you saying, perfect, and now this is what this is what's going to hit your heart. This is what's going to change. This is what's going to be different. Maybe it's worship. Yep. Maybe it's the community connections. Mm-hmm. 
But on Sunday mornings, there's so many things that we can do to be able to connect, not just the community, but with God. So I'm saying even if we're bored or not sure what to do on Sunday mornings, it's not that we just give up. Mm -hmm. If we are to give up, then all those hours, those times, and everything we've put to waste, but rather to keep coming, to keep going, to keep going and say, you know what, there's got to be something here. I know there's something here. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things that I will say is that there is something there. It's not like you're just going and wasting your time, but rather these are important moments, say on a Sunday or a youth group where you can really connect. Mm-hmm. Community is a huge reason to go. Yeah. The Christian community is different than any other community in this entire world. And you may be like, well, that's not true. Trust me, it is true. There's some weird people. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way possible. <laughs> but there are people here who... You might not even realize it, but are praying for you. Yeah. Who are seeing you on Sunday. You might not see them. They're like, I'm going to pray for that person. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that, you know, God hear my prayer that they come to you. And that's one of the beautiful things I find we have at our church. We have such a huge prayer group. Mm-hmm. If you've never been to Prayer and Praise, which happens, it just happened this past Sunday. Yep. It was incredible. It was my first time being at Prayer and Praise. Yeah. But just to see everyone in that room being able to speak and just hearing people talk afterwards, it was incredible. And just having that community action and group and just praying for each other, going through VBS, going through someone's testimony, going through what's happening with our youth group was awesome. Yeah, it was. it was so Mm -hmm. needed. That's one of the most important things. What I would say is through that idea that, you know, maybe we're not doing good enough maybe we're just wasting our time one of the number one excuses i hear from someone when they're being bored in church or unsure is because they don't have confidence in their own faith Mm, yeah they don't feel connected to god because they don't know enough about faith about the bible about god to be honest when most people come to faith they don't know a lot about god yeah they just they do it on a feeling they do it on a feeling on an emotion the thing is they don't know a lot about god but the truth is that information um, information is there and has potential to stick. But if we have the intention about absorbing it, we have to decide in our own hearts if it's worth, if it's worth holding on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to decide that what we learn about God is vital in our lives. And that's what God is trying to say in Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. Yeah, do you want me to read that? Yeah, that'd be great. 2 Timothy 1, 5-7 I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now, I am convinced, is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and and sound judgment. So here Paul is saying, hey, Timothy, look, I know you have everything you need to teach the word and live out your faith because I saw it in your grandmother and she taught you, taught it to your mother who in turn taught it to you. Timothy was raised with the value of scripture and to seek God's will and direction for his life. Paul was convinced that he had everything he needed to do to what God was calling him for. Mm -hmm. What's similar about Timothy to a lot of people today, especially in our church, Timothy grew up in a way to seek God, to worship God, know how to read his Bible, yeah. know how to do everything. 
Yeah, here at Waynefleet, we've got like generations upon generations. Yeah, generations of people who have grown up in the church who yeah. all they've known is going to church and doing this. Mm-hmm. For a lot of our youth, and I say this, and some people might not be happy if I say it, but for a lot of our youth, they don't have their own personal faith. Yeah. A lot of it is their parents' faith. I think everyone can relate to that at some point in life, just having their parents' faith. For sure. And let's be honest with ourselves. Have we decided that what we learn from God's will is valuable? And that's one of the most important things to go through. Mm-hmm. Whether you're coming to youth group or Sunday morning or anything, is it valuable in our lives? The answer is it is. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. If we're going through a series on Sunday mornings on wellness and wholeness and this idea of not only taking care of our physical bodies, but our spiritual bodies as well. Yeah. This is so important. I find this lines up really well because what we're doing is talking about how it's important to hear what is being taught at church mm-hmm. because you have to remember it's coming from the eyes of someone else. When we go to scripture just by ourselves and we're reading, we get our own perspective on things. Mm-hmm. But when we hear someone else say it, we say, hey, I never thought of that before. Yeah. And all of a sudden, then you're in a community of people who say, hmm, I thought about this way, I thought about it this way. Yep. You're all these different perspectives. Youth group is very similar to Sunday morning church in that way, where people can talk about their own perspectives and things. Sometimes it doesn't always happen. Sometimes a small group is like, sure. I went and played basketball today. It's like, yeah. you know what? Awesome, but we're talking about yeah. mental health. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but, you know, sometimes that's valuable too. It is valuable because <laughs> those bonds can happen. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that living out a life on purpose, there's so much value in God's word. Mm-hmm. And the teaching that we have here on Sunday morning is that it's important to take value of it. Um, I had a pastor who, he kind of taught me to, no matter what I heard from him, to make sure I go home and research it myself, mm. question him on it. Yeah. And say, you know what? I felt this from this. I didn't get what you were saying. I didn't get it. Because it shows you're intentional. Mm-hmm. It shows that you are pursuing God in a different way. And that's why during the series, what we're going to talk about, all these scripture verses and everything, I'm going to encourage you. So you know what? Go home and read it yourself. Yeah. Go home and be like, what am I actually saying? Don't just take my word for granted, mm-hmm. but just go home and actually research it. Look at it. Explore it. What does it mean to you? Mm-hmm. That idea of changing the perspective of the western idea that we are all consumers in this and that we just get to listen and go home but rather changing it to we are a group of people together in this and that we are Mm -hmm. working together to intentionally look at scripture it's having an active faith it's an active faith not a passive faith yeah let's be honest a lot of western society is passive faith yeah Mm -hmm. so kind of what we're saying is that a lot of western faith is passive faith Mm -hmm. so i want to share kind of a story about a time when i struggled in my faith what I really need was foundation of biblical truth um, that helped kind of draw me back to God. Mm-hmm. So I really struggled in my sense of this feeling of being alone and not really knowing what to do. And this was much more on a feeling based and really questioning and doubting God that, you know, he cared about me or even was around me. So I went through the Psalms and the Psalms kind of taught me that there was other people in life who experienced this. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed in the Psalms is that even though they were struggling and dealing with depression or going through all that, they kept referring to God. Mm-hmm. They kept praising God. They kept saying, I hope is found within you. And that's something where we can find a lot of biblical truth is that our hope is found within God. That even though we are struggling, that we can have that hope to 
keep pursuing God, that we have that hope for those brighter days to come back again. Mm-hmm. It's biblical truth to know that. And it's biblical truth that we need to remember that God is with us in that. Mm-hmm. See, no matter how much we talk about life on purpose and everything like this, or passive faith or active faith or anything like that, we need to remember that God is walking through that with us. Yeah. That even if we have passive faith, God is walking in this. Mm-hmm. He's walking with us and helping us out in our daily lives to say, I see that you're struggling. I mm-hmm. see that you're passive, but I'm still with you in that. Yeah. And it's our faith in Jesus that sustains us and enables us to live out this life on purpose. And that idea to hold fast to your faith. So I want to remind us of that kind of imagery that we showed of that, like that rooted mm-hmm. feeling that image of the tree and water and having its roots that and let's be honest the tree will bend yeah in the wind mm-hmm. we will go through struggles where it will mm-hmm. bend us and carve us a little bit but rather that tree does not fall over that is the idea of hold fast to your faith yeah the waters in the river are our struggles our anxiousness our anger mm-hmm. our feelings a lot of time our doubt and it will bend us. But when we are rooted, it does not break us. And that's one of the things of hold fast to your faith. And the second thing that we need to remember is share the good news. Mm. We've had one of our youth pray this every single time at youth group. That we would have the courage mm. to share our faith more with others, especially oh, in school. I'm that like, is hard. It is hard. Hard, Wes. Can I tell you a story? When I was in high school, yeah. <clears throat> I... um. So when I was in grade nine, I had, you know, classmates. And this wasn't a classmate I knew particularly well, but I found myself in the hall with him alone one day. And he walked by and just kind of like said hello or whatever, goodbye. It was like at the end of the day. And he turned around and he came back and he said to me, what's different about you? Why are you so happy all the time? And I knew, I knew that he saw Jesus in me. I knew it. I, and I knew it, and I could feel it, that that's what he saw. And do you know what I said? Oh, I don't know. I must just be a happy person. Wes, I still feel a bit of guilt about that. And I don't yeah. say that for any other reason, but just to, yeah, if someone asks you, like, tell them. Don't don't cover it up. That was That is still something that I feel a bit of, I'll say, regret over. Only because later in high school, you know, you sit, I saw him be involved in like drugs and alcohol. And like I said, not a close friend or even in my similar social circle by any yeah. stretch. But, I, you know, I always felt a bit of guilt. I still do, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of goes into one of the things we were going to talk about. And it is sometimes we're afraid to tell the world that of what we believe. Yeah. Sometimes, to be honest, we're ashamed that we are Christians. Mm-hmm. I think I think of it like this have you um, have you ever seen a caricature of someone yeah you know those funny drawings of people yep. and, yeah they're weird maybe a little creepy and sometimes hard to look at especially if it's a picture of yourself yeah and why you may ask it's like distorted yeah because it's supposed to look like you but the artist highlights what seem to be your most obvious features and extra exaggerates mm. them to make something that kind of looks like you, but definitely isn't you. And to be honest, it can make you a little self-conscious. Now, I remember I got a caricature of Carrie and I, and I thought, oh, you know what? That's actually not bad. Yeah. And it was pretty good. Um, 
but you can tell who that's supposed to be, and it's kind of hard to look at um, through those caricatures. But this is what culture does to Christianity. Culture mm-hmm. picks out what are perceived and what are the worst characteristics of our faith and paints a portrait of it that's frankly it's really hard to look at. It's something that we're afraid of being associated with. During COVID, this was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Many churches didn't want us to be associated with each other because of, say, different actions they were taking. Yeah. So we try to sh- shrink into the background and praise Jesus on Sundays and in the car, but never when others can see. Yeah. Well, that's not how Paul encouraged Timothy to live. After encouraging Timothy to remember what his faith was found on, this is what he wrote. And this is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 to 12. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with a holy, th- with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the time began. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has abolished death and has brought life to Im- life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald, apostle, and teacher. And that is why I have suffered these things. But I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day. In our, car- in our culture, the title of Christian, to be honest, is associated with a neg- negative stigma. I mean, there's not, there are so many ideas out there about what we think, feel, believe, and those ideas will make Christians look really bad. And what do we do? We remain silent. Yeah. Or we have, say, 95% that remain silent, Mm -hmm. and the 5% who are very loud, who are unlike the rest of the (laughs) the 95%. Yep. Sometimes the vocal few don't uh, do the, the silent majority justice. Yeah. But one of the biggest things is we cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a God in heaven who sacrificed sons for the sins of the world. Jesus was bruised, beaten, bloodied, and died for our sins. He paid the price that we could never pay. The spotless lamb was broken on the cross, but he didn't stay there. He defeated death and bridged the gap between us and our heavenly father. And now we can be part of his kingdom forever. See, that's the good news. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to share. For a lot of people, they may not understand that right away. It's hard to understand right away. It, when it I, is hard to understand. When I became a Christian, I had no idea what people were talking about. Yeah. And I took time to learn that someone actually died for me. Mm-hmm. I remember wrestling with that to, fact, to know that someone died for me. Mm-hmm. That someone gave their life so that I could have eternal life within god that to me just like really struck me it was like this this isn't real like something something's something's different something's not right and it took time and it took effort of working that through holding fast to that little little shroud of faith that i had that mm-hmm. little tra- tiny seed that was planted but for some reason i held to that and said maybe there is something here and i've different dove into that more and more and learned that through the life of Jesus, through the life of those in the Bible, that Christ died for my sins and just 
fact that we can have this amazing relationship with God through this is something really, really important for us. And that's why we share this message. Now, before Jesus was arrested, beaten, and crucified, he told Peter that he, didn't, that he would deny him three times. And Peter swore that he wouldn't. But then he did what I, I think we all do. He was afraid of being associated with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He feared for his life on some level. We can understand where he is coming from. I mean, to be honest, would we be willing to die for what we believe? And I mean, really. Um, I think we'd like to say that we would. I, that, yes, we are, and that is sincere. But it re- when it really comes down to it, like Peter, many abandon their faith for much less. Yeah. But here's the thing. You don't have to stay there. We can be bold in our faith, and I can prove it to you in this. On the day of Pentecost, after the ascension of Jesus, the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit and began preaching to the assembly that had gathered. Now, these were Israelites in the crowd who were mocking them and saying they were drunk. But here's what Peter, the guy who actually denied Jesus, Mm -hmm. did. He stood up in front of the crowd and began to speak. He referred back to the Old Testament scriptures and appealed to his fellow Israelites, telling them about Jesus, who was the fulfillment of scripture. He boldly shared truth mm-hmm. about who Jesus was and challenged those who had been listening to others about, you know, how Jesus was this other person who yep. just wasn't real and all these things. And what happened was thousands of people placed their faith in Jesus as a result. Mm-hmm. Through all of point two, what we're trying to say is that to challenge what the world is saying. Yeah. To not, to not only hear what they're saying and say, yeah, okay, and just go along with it, but rather say, no, that's not truth. Yeah. Here is what is truth. Here is what we believe as Christians. Growing up, I always heard that Christians were these super judgmental people who, you know, thought they were perfect and the rest of the world was not. Yeah. That's not true. No. Christians, <laughs> we actually do something the world doesn't do. We accept that we are broken people. Yeah. We accept how we need Jesus. There's power in that too. There's isn't power. There? Yeah. Hmm. And that's what we see. That's power of the Gospels. Peter went from fearing for his life to boldly sharing the good news of the gospel, regardless of the consequences. And as a result, thousands of people place their faith in Jesus. If we are Christians and God calls us to be able to show peace, love, mercy, and grace, well, then we have to be sharing this truth with the world. Mm-hmm. We have to be sharing and forcing out these lies that we hear from others, but rather saying, no. This is what is true. This love that I have, this love and grace mm-hmm. and mercy that not only I have, but we all can have. Yeah. And you know what? I think that we've kind of hit enough for today. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we are going to finish off this as a part one, and we are actually going to do part two next week. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see you back next week with... Um part two of oh. this episode of life on purpose yeah um so what have you got coming up pastor west what's going on yeah so we're getting ready for um graduation night yeah. uh, here at our youth group so we're really excited to celebrate not only our grade eights but our high school students who are graduating moving on it's very sad but it's also really ha- awesome and happy for them but yeah we're going to celebrate that on the 21st and 23rd mm-hmm. uh those are just going to be awesome nights um other than that we're going to be kind of finishing off regular youth going into our summer and how that's going to look is we're not going to be doing youth regularly every week so we're going to be doing summer events um these will be sometimes once every other week or maybe once every three weeks 
just of how the summer is planned out with our church and different events going on through the summer. Mm -hmm. uh, but we are kicking off with our Canada's Wonderland trip, which we are so excited Yay. for. It's going to be such a, hopefully the weather can be awesome on that day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be awesome. We'll have fun regardless. Oh yeah, we will. <laughs> you will see me on the Leviathan multiple times, even if I am not with the group. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can hardly wait to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you want to get in touch with Pastor Wes, um, if you have any questions or want to know more about what's going on this summer or just connect in any way, you can reach him at Wes at WayneFleetBIC.com. And if you want to get in touch with me with any feedback or podcast suggestions, my email address is Julie at WayneFleetBIC.com. So thank you for tuning in today, and we look forward to connecting with you again next week. Have a good one. Bye.